Welcome everyone to Everyone Needs a Spotter, brought to you by RMS Fitness Equipment Services. I have to my right, Emily Vinos, and to my left, Steve Heitzer. Say hi, guys. Hi, guys. Hi, guys. Thank you. Well said, guys. <laughs> so some have asked us, how do we connect with RMS Fitness? Well, you can connect with us via Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter, so be sure to follow us. Material that we cover on this podcast will sometimes be posted so you can follow up some of the interesting articles that we highlight during these episodes. As well as you have any comments or questions concerning the show, feel free to give us a shout at podcast. And that's podcast at rmsfitness.com. So today we have a couple of segments we're going to cover and we're going to allow Steve and Emily to cover those for us. I'm your host for the day. And so with that said, our first and very exciting discussion is about the weather outside and how it affects fitness. And that is going to be titled Fall Fitness. Steve, what do you have to share for us? All the things fall. No, I, you know what? <laughs> we would not be doing uh, our podcast and our listeners justice if we did not have our shameless fall episode it's practically, uh, you know, it's like a, what would you call it? It's a tradition, right? This time of year, if you're a business, you got to have your fall uh, episode. So here we are. Um, you know, we're going to talk a little bit about fall fitness. There's definitely some things to be excited about this time of year as it relates to fitness, especially if you live over here on uh, the East Coast, particularly in Maryland or Mid-Atlantic, like the area that we live. Um, you know, so there's lots of things to be excited about as it relates to fall fitness. And, you know, we're here to just kind of Touch on that a little bit, get people excited for the season. So uh, I don't know, maybe one of you guys, Emily, putting you on the spot. Mm -hmm. Why would you think or why would you uh, just generally think that this time of year, fall, would be maybe a good time to start a new workout routine? Well, especially with the outdoors, there's no more heat or humidity that the summer season brings. Um, so all of that's cut out, which makes the weather so much more enjoyable uh, just to be outside, have some fresh air and get to walking or running. Mm -hmm. That's what I had. Summer equals hot and humid. Winter equals cold and icy if you live here in Maryland. So, Robert, I'm assuming that was probably similar thoughts. Anything about fall that you like as it relates to your fitness routine? Yeah, what do you like about fall? Yeah, tell us. Well, back off, both of you. But uh, <laughs> with that said, uh, I'm going to say no. I'm going to say I am saddened that it is fall. I wow. enjoy summer, but I understand the benefits of fall. I do. I understand the cooler weather allows people to do more activities cardiovascular-wise outside because, again, the temperatures are down, so the motivation is to stay longer outside. Um, of course, the change of scenery with the leaves, like you mentioned, Steve, here on the East Coast, there are some things out there that um, you know are, are um, beautiful as far as looking at those. Trail running is a big thing. I'm sure you're going to mm -hmm. talk about that. But, uh, yeah, for me personally – not my least favorite time of the year, but when summer's over, I am a little disappointed. I understand. A lot of people are. I I, uh, I have a, a fun relationship with the sun. I sunburn easily. So the summer is like peak time for me to be on guard. So I actually look forward to the fall. Um, but, you know, I think what makes kind of fall such a critical time of the year when it comes to fitness is I'm going to take you guys right back to like first grade elementary school right now. What season comes after fall winter winter and what season can it be very challenging to stay healthy in winter winter the weather gets cold 
the holidays come along for some folks. Winter, as she said, Steve, winter. Winter. <laughs> time off, you know, from work, you know, different things come up this time of year. People are generally in a more relaxed uh, frame of mind. And the days are long and dark in the wintertime. So the key to what makes fall fitness such a critical point when it comes to getting ready for the winter is it's your time to build momentum going in to that bad time of year. So if you wait until it is the hardest time of year to work out, you will probably have the hardest time getting started working out. So uh, maybe, I don't know, we're going to kind of talk about a few different things that you can kind of do in the fall, things that make the fall kind of a better time of year for working out. Robert mentioned walking. Right away, Emily, do you have any thoughts on uh, walking? I know this time of year, since the weather is ideal, people can kind of create a new routine. What are some good ways that our article, which by the way, we are going to post. I thought this was a nice broad article shared from our uh, friends at verywellfit.com. Um, talks about a couple of different things, but maybe our, what are some ways that you can recommend that folks can maybe get walking to become a little bit of their uh, routine? Sure thing. So one thing is um, after dinner every day, either when you first get home from work or after you have your evening meal is to take a stroll around the block or even taking advantage of getting up even just 10 minutes earlier and starting your day with a walk around the block. And that will kind of, I think, will help you mentally get your day ready um, as far as thinking about all the things you want to accomplish and get done. It's an excellent time first thing in the morning. Um, there's also activities like apple picking, which I've never done um, personally, but I know a lot of people like to do that this time of year um, because it's just beautiful scenery. Apples are, are blooming everywhere. Um, and then sometimes I even do this is when I'm sitting too long at my desk, I go outside and take a walk around the parking lot and just get my legs moving. And this is a really good time of the year to do that. I won't walk back into the building sweating. Now, you guys know I don't believe in walking at work, so I'm a little upset to hear, Emily, that you're walking. <laughs> uh, no, inside fun fact is that I get made fun of for how much I walk around the office all day long. I want to know what your tracker on your phone says at the end of the day. I don't look at it. <laughs> I, I probably should look at it so I can get credit for all these stats. <laughs> no, but, you know, you mentioned a couple of good points there. You know, walking, obviously, it's fundamental baseline way that you can begin a, any type of fitness routine is just get moving. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Make it a routine. I like the idea of uh, doing it before you go to work. I, I When I get home, you know, I, I run into the house. The family's there. They're all excited to see me. Dinner happens. Bedtime happens. Hold on. He say his family was excited to see him? <laughs> Sorry. Uh, yeah. Every now and then, they give me a little <laughs> cheer when I come home. <laughs> okay. Sorry. Please continue. No, so you get to, like you said, walk around. You get to enjoy some of that uh, fall weather leaves changing that Robert mentioned, which I thought was pretty cool. Another very popular activity this time of year that Emily mentioned, apple picking. I did it for the first time last year. If you haven't had a chance, especially if you got young kids, I highly recommend it. It's a lot of walking, so it is good exercise. You do get out and you come home with a whole bunch of apples. Yeah, you pay to pick someone else's apples. And then you eat them. True. <laughs> but you did the work for them by paying. I got it. It's a genius concept. No? I understand. <laughs> so no, like another popular thing though this time of year is hiking. You know, people like to take that, you know, the leaves changing and getting out into nature, you could take it to another level. You get out there in the woods and you're surrounded by, you know, the, the changing of the leaves this mm -hmm. time of year. That's like one of the main things people talk about. Like when they ask you why you live in Maryland, like what is like a common response to that is that we get to enjoy all four seasons here. Mm -hmm. Autumn to some degree, yes. Yeah, you know, autumn is like a very unique and kind of special time of year if you get a good fall. So very short lived. It too. is, especially yes. here. We don't get it very long, but 
uh, hiking. Good, good solid week. Yeah, you get a good a good week of fall, right? And then six months of winter. <laughs> Did someone mention the point about it's a great time to make a to-do list? Did we talk about that? Yeah, when you're walking in yes. the morning. Yes. Did you say that? I did. Oh, I missed that. I love when you're in tune with me. Oh, <laughs> well. You know what? I'm big into to-do lists now. It's a new yeah, thing. Yeah, come on. So, you know, I'm going to add that. I'm going to try walking around the block, though, before work, uh, just to see if that works for me. But yeah, another thing I do like is hiking. I just talked to my wife today. We're actually going to go hiking uh, this weekend, trying to look for something free <laughs> to do, <laughs> get out in the nature a little bit. So yeah. that's, uh, you know, we just came back from vacation. We're just trying to get out there and enjoy nature a little bit. Yeah. So we're going to do a little hiking trip. But what makes hiking a nice maybe enhancement to working out beyond what just walking down the street? Robert? Oh, great question. I enjoyed the article. It talks about hiking burns mega calories as you increase your elevation and really work those legs. So Steve, when you take the family this weekend for hiking, there are several different versions of hiking. We have one here locally where it is all flat. That is not hiking. That is walking down a path. So can we clarify that this weekend? That Yeah, yeah. You actually I, I don't, don't want to do that one. Can you send me the address? <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> so yes. Yeah, so, so whatever you do, try to pick something that puts a little bit of, uh, I guess you could say a strenuous walk to your hiking, going uphill, get your heart rate up. Um, again, get you an opportunity to get outside and see what uh, creation is doing for everyone. It also mentions, um, you know, the increase in strengthening your muscles. So what you don't realize is because of the terrain is not exactly flat, that you're using various muscles. And you may think it's just lower body work, but it's, sometimes it's not. Sometimes you have to use your upper body to move around and uh, get up those hills, depending on how steep you decide to go. But uh, all in all, it's good. And um, I don't know if it's going to mention it in here. I know it mentioned walking shoes, but in hiking, definitely something to consider depending on the terrain is the type of shoe that you want to have on so you don't twist an ankle or uh, come home with very sore feet because mm -hmm. of the uh, rocky terrain. So yeah, I enjoy hiking, real hiking that uh, gets your heart rate up. We went hiking last year with a group. I think Emily's family was with us. I think it was two summer, two winters ago. Two winters ago. And I thought we lost her aunt, right? She gave up the first step. <laughs> <laughs> so there's different styles. There's stuff we have here locally. I love you, DL. Yes. <laughs> around us, but then we even did some stuff out in Western Maryland in the Appalachian. That is beautiful. Mm -hmm. And, um, but that was tough. That yeah. was tough. That was all uphill. I think uh, the family remembers that it was just like constantly uphill, but, uh, yeah, it was a very good walk. So I, I, I would definitely encourage hiking, especially now that the temperatures are still relatively on the warmer end of fall so that you mm -hmm. can enjoy that. So of course, you know, General disclaimers, anytime you get out and you're doing any kind of like activity like that, be safe with hiking. You, you can get get turned around out there in the woods. Just make sure you have a, people know where you're going, that you're going out into the woods. You know where roundabout where you're going to be headed, you know, just to give yourself a little extra safety, a little extra safe. Yeah, a little extra safety. But we're going to keep it moving on through here. Uh, Actually, Steve, may I share something? You, you can always share something. Okay. Robert, check it. Fire away, buddy. I note here about a water bottle. Okay. Did we, we talk, talk about, about having water bottles the last time we had a conversation here on the podcast? Yeah. We all said we needed a certain bottle of yeah. water to consume. So how's the water thing going? Oh. Oh, well, it's done now because today is October 2nd. 
Okay. So but I'm going to keep it up. You're going to keep it up. So it was a good mom for you? It was. It was just, I, I really tell you that the key is buying, well, cling, um, buying a <laughs> container so you can constantly fill up your water and take it everywhere you go. This has been the one and only reason I feel like I drank the amount of water I did every day and will continue to. So that's the plug, Steve. It's basically the article mentioned about having the right boots, and I overlooked the fact it's a stay, excuse me, stay hydrated. Mm-hmm. And that's what made me think of uh, last month when we talked about hydration and talked about our favorite bottles. I think you and Emily agreed on a yeah. certain bottle, and I'm still looking for my bottle. Hydration this in the fall. This bottle is great. You don't yeah. taste metal. Yeah, I don't know. I'll get back to you on that. Robert's looking for a bottle that's not made out of metal or plastic, or any other material yet known to man. So when you find that, just feel free to send us a link. I'm still looking, everyone. But no, so with the end of summer, right, vacation season is ending. We're moving into fall. It's a good time, in general, to get back into your routine. If you are in an area where gyms are back open and it is safe for you to do so, it is also a good time for you to consider picking back up with your gym routine, Uh, you know, your summer vacations and summer breaks and ice cream trucks driving through your neighborhood should be mostly done now. It's a good time to lock it back down. So if you can get back into the gym, it's a good time to get a new gym buddy, you know, pick up a personal trainer to get your routine going for a couple of weeks, you know, just to kind of learn your way around the gym and get reoriented if you've taken a little break. Um, of course, exercise due caution. If you're going back to the gym and you are somebody who has like a compromised health situation, just bearing in mind, we do still have some things to be concerned about as it relates to uh, COVID-19. But then also it just, uh, you know, you can do it at home. You know, I know we're big proponents of the home workout here. We talked about it in virtually every episode of the podcast we've done so far. So if you're not comfortable getting back to the gym, don't let being at home stop you from developing a good fall routine to lead the momentum into winter. Um, article mentioned a few of them, but did you guys happen to note any of what it mentioned were some of the benefits of working out at home versus being in the gym? Please, Emily. Well, first thing is convenience and flexibility. And why is it convenient and flexible? <laughs> because you don't have to drive anywhere, okay. nor do you have to pack a gym bag. Oh, fun note there. Emily packs a bag every day. Every single day of my life. I've never not seen Emily's gym bag yeah. at RMS Fitness one day since I've worked here. So, yes. Yeah. Um, the flexibility is as well a lot of... Um, you know, school just started, obviously, so kids are at home and doing schooling. So the flexibility there is great for parents who have, are at home teaching, helping their children with their schooling, and then they can work around that and work out from home. So there are some perks to uh, getting fit at home. Mm-hmm. It's cost effective, right? There's no yes. membership. You don't have to worry about a monthly investment. It does require a degree of uh, self-discipline. You have to be a self-starter. You have to hold yourself accountable. If you're doing it with somebody else in your household or your home, if you have that opportunity, that will obviously help you to stay accountable. Yeah. But, um, you know, it does. Basically, my point is that there is not a reason right now that you cannot be doing something to improve your health and fitness, even despite the COVID-19 situation. You know, if there's an opportunity for you to work out at home, check out some of what we talked about in the previous episodes. We talked about some push-up routines mm-hmm. that you can do. Uh, we've even talked about interval training, yeah. which I thought was a nice kind of tie-in. This article actually says it's a good time to just do something different, you know, start a new routine. So if you're a, if you're a treadmill person, it mentions maybe take this opportunity to get into a little interval training, uh, which if you want to learn more about that, go back and listen to episode one of Everyone Needs a Spider, where we talk about that a little bit. So, you know, I thought that that was pretty cool. Don't want to like 
drum the fall thing too much. There's uh, popular foods that come around this time of year. We're going to talk about one a little bit later on in the episode, so I won't spoil it, but the pumpkin, right? You know, there's a thing you that you can eat this time it. of year. No, no, no. <laughs> you just tried No, no, no. He what said I said it. was I wasn't going to, well, I did say that, but what I meant was that <laughs> I wasn't going to spoil the details. Everyone was excited, and now they're not. I wasn't going to spoil the fact that pumpkins are rich in on. vitamin C. I wasn't going to spoil that. No. <laughs> but then also pumpkins, apples, as Emily mentioned, uh, pecans and various nuts and things are real popular this time of year. They're all good, healthy sources of various nutrients that we need, like apples are low-calorie, high in fiber. They have no cholesterol, which is nice. Potassium, vitamin C, calcium, folic acid. So take your kids apple picking, even though Robert doesn't like it. And get yourself some good vitamins and nutrients. And uh, same for pecans, you know, good source of nutrients. And they're all popular things this time of year. Yeah. So enjoy the season. Well, thank you, Steve. Um you know, it really is sad to see summer end, especially this for this year, the way things are going. Um, summer came and went in a blink of an eye, but now you made us excited for fall fitness and health. So, way to go, Steve. Thank you so much. Uh, so we're going to take a quick break and we'll come back with our next segment. Welcome back to Everyone Needs a Spotter. And we just finished up the segment on fall fitness. Nice job, Steve. But you know, Steve... With fall comes shorter hours of light, which then leads me to be tired. Steve, I feel like you work so hard, you must be tired when you go home. I'm pretty much always tired. I'm tired right now. All right. So you must be in need of the same thing I am, good sleep. I do, think, ho I do hope I'm about to get educated. Yeah, me too. I think Emily did some research on that. Uh Emily? Well, we did look up an article talking about sleep. Um, and one of the reasons why we felt like this was a good topic is because um, we, we center our podcast around um, health and wellness. And sleep is a major, major factor when it comes to our overall health. It is essential to our health. It's as vital as exercising and eating healthy. Um, and this particular article that we will end up posting just has a lot of um, points made and, I mean, basically, we all know that um, sleep is important. Um, in fact, it talks about how children's sleep patterns can have a direct impact on their behavior and academic performance. And I feel like that is the same when it comes to us as adults, wouldn't you say? <laughs> um, one thing that I found particularly that stood out to me um, is the effect that I personally feel when I don't get enough sleep. And this article says that a lack of sleep can affect a person's desire or ability to maintain a healthy lifestyle, which can contribute to weight gain. With the lack of sleep, that can be an issue, but it, having good sleep also equates to better calorie regulation. So have you guys ever experienced that? What, what do you feel like when you don't? sleep very good the night before and you come to work do you feel like you're more snacky when i don't sleep well <laughs> which is not super uncommon so i have a little experience with bad sleep i tend to have at least i think i tend to have like some digestive problems the next day i don't know if there's a correlation between me not getting like a solid eight mm -hmm. you know that causes me to have those problems the next day but my 
tummy will be a little rumbly the next day if I don't get a good night's sleep. Um, obviously, I'll be tired. You know what I mean? You get the they get the brain fog. So yeah, I mean, I definitely have experienced feeling pretty bad on the heels of a bad night's sleep. And that's interesting you said that because the article does talk about how uh, sleep, um, lack of sleep has a link with inflammatory bowel diseases and affect people's uh, gastrointestinal tract. I got to take a nap. <laughs> Excuse <laughs> us. What about you, Robert? Do you, how do you feel? Um, do you notice any kind of changes after you had a rough night of sleep, didn't get all eight, six hours? <laughs> yeah, eight hours. I'm not sure who gets eight hours anymore. But uh, when it comes to sleep, I think for me, uh, looking over the article about concentration, is that when you're a multitasker at work and you don't get good night's sleep, you can have a difficult time putting those connections together. We have things here at work where we laugh about that certain people either come in as a grouch or we just know, not speaking of anyone at this table, but around 3 p.m., it becomes evident that someone either, excuse me, needs to either eat or take a nap. Or both. Or both. And I would love to. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so I, I will admit that if I have a, a night where I don't get a lot of sleep, I am so like the next day give me all the food. I want to eat a sub. I want to eat pizza. I want to eat a chocolate bar. I want to eat everything. And that that made me feel better reading that it's not just me, that sleep patterns affects the hormones responsible for our appetite. So I thought that was pretty cool. Another thing is um, it has a great effect with um, our athletic performance. So those who like to work out, obviously you need that sleep in order to heal yourself. Um, and that is when our bodies do heal ourselves. Now, how much sleep do you guys think you do your best on an average? It really is different for everybody. This article talks about an average, but what do you feel like you need a night? Oh, me? Okay. Yeah. No. Uh, so for me, um, Steve, <laughs> it's a little tricky for me, honestly, because I sometimes will start getting tired early in the evening. Um, talk a little bit about some of my like anxiety stuff. Some days, man, when I come home, it just feels like I am donezo. Mm -hmm. Like just, I got nothing left and I'll feel like I need 15 hours of sleep and I'll go to bed at 930 and I'll wake up at like two and just be wide awake staring at the ceiling. Other days, I feel like I can sleep 12 hours. It just depends. And I think though, maybe what you're going to get into is, is that I don't think I have a good routine or a habit with my sleeping. So I think my body just thinks it needs different things than it normally actually really does. Yeah. Um, what about you, Robert? Um, if that's your name. Today it is. Well, we talked about eight is kind of like the rule of sleep time, right? Mm -hmm. We agree with that. So I think what I'm finding is that I prefer less sleep over more sleep. So I've, probably do better around seven hours. Anything longer than that, I feel like worsens the way I feel, um, but that could be age. But uh, we kind of jumped over the calorie burning. And what I found is that if you have a good night's sleep, you tend to, your body tends to reset better. So if you did eat poorly the day before, you don't get good sleep, your body doesn't have a chance of resetting. 
feel like if I sleep well, that's good seven hours worth of sleep, my body will reset for the next day. I don't feel all the effects of poor decisions as far as eating is concerned. And hence I have a better day. So I would, I'm going to lean towards the seven. I noticed the article said for athletes over 10, that's, that's a lot of sleep. That is a lot, a lot of sleep. sleep. So you said you prefer less sleep to more sleep. Yes, by far. I think it's time for a fun fact, guys. Please. So, so just out of curiosity, between these two animals, Robert, which one would you more likely identify? A bear. With a giraffe <laughs> or a brown bat? I know the answer. Yeah, I'm going to say brown bat. I'm going to say you're wrong. Uh, <laughs> no. Fun fact, I just I discovered this last night. Giraffes, big, giant, long-necked, tree-eating giraffes, need only 1.9 hours of sleep per day. Wow. That's incredible. And between the two of us, Bob is a whole lot more like a giraffe than I am. <laughs> but a brown bat, a little tiny brown bat, 19.9 hours a day is what That's the amount of sleep me. that they need. <laughs> so Emily is a bat, Robert is a giraffe, and I am something in the middle. Isn't that funny? As small as that animal is in comparison, that it requires that much sleep. I must, there's something going on there. I don't, I don't quite understand, but. It must be all that brain work it does yeah. with its little body. Yeah. <laughs> I think so. So you tell me that giraffe stands up 22 of the 24 hours wide awake. I, I can only assume that using like bat sonar requires a lot of energy or something like wow. that. I, I'm, I'm totally making things up now. But yeah, I mean, the giraffe, I was surprised to hear that too, man. So, you know, I thought that was pretty cool talking about the amount of sleep that we need. Um, I was pretty, the giraffe blew me away more than the bat. I know we all see the bat sleeping on the roofs, but when I heard a giraffe sleeping 1.9 hours a day. I haven't seen bats sleeping on roofs. Well. Or hanging from a ceiling. Listen, sleeping on a roof (laughs) is code for sleeping in a cave. All right. You knew that. We've all seen. Anyway, you know what? You ruined my fun fact, Emily. No. That's funny. (laughs) Anyway, tell us more. So, yeah, another thing is just to go back to boring fun facts, not so much fun fun facts, but that sleeping helps your body to regulate itself, um, its blood pressure. So that's, that's why sleeping is important. It also... Person that doesn't sleep very well has, uh, it's, the article says, a person's emotional em- empathy is less when they do not get adequate sleep. In other words, Robert, code can you word, sleep more? Code word, grouch. Bob, can you get more sleep? Yeah, I'm gonna hang a hammock in Bob's office. Empathetic. <laughs> um, it also is a link with depression, and especially with it getting uh, darker earlier. That lack of light, that's that's already going to be an issue with depression. So making sure you get good enough sleep, it, it lowers your inflammation. Okay, you're rolling along right there. Okay, do you have points? I do. Okay, please. I love to hear your points. I just thought it's interesting that the body requires time to heal. So if you're, if you're uh, not feeling well, you, sl- you sleep a little more, your body has a chance to heal. If you're athletic, if you're working out. Such as myself. And that's why I go to bed at nine. Yes. And so does the rest of your house. But uh, We're all athletes. Yes. It's sleeping. But I did enjoy some of the points that uh, it it referenced there. Um, It does talk about social and emotional intelligence. So, again, uh, many of us have long-hour jobs, requires a lot of stress. And maybe when we do things outside of work, 
that require some mental um, faculties to perform at a high level. And so sleep is very important. So I thought this article was very good in that sense, reminding us again, because, um, you know, staying up later, getting up earlier is kind of the routine. In fact, there's a famous actor that I believe starts working out around 3 a.m. And uh, that is no joke. It's such a good vibration. Yes, that I used to have clue. a job where I had to be to work around that time of day. And nine months into the job, I, I literally didn't know how people that even worked that shift survived. Yeah. Like It's like a, being awake that time of day, but the, the certain people love it, man. Like They yeah. get into that habit of being awake that time of day. And it's... You know, they do say like some of the most productive people in the world wake up and get going early. So maybe there's uh, maybe there's some some intelligence to there. But my father worked the graveyard shift for about eight years, and I feel like that did steal from him quite a bit. So to your point, only certain people can adapt to that. So Steve, can you identify two signs that you're having poor sleep quality? Can you please? That I personally am having poor sleep quality? <laughs> well, no, obviously, um, you know, some of the things... Putting on the spot. Yeah, some of the things that we mentioned in this article, you know what I mean? If, if you're having issues with communicating well in your family, understanding things going on in your family, <laughs> coming home from work, and you got a whole lot of limited ability to plug into what might be happening with others that you need, could be a sign. Um, obviously we talked about some of the digestive things earlier that we, you know, mentioned, you know, you might have some problems properly digesting food or have other issues throughout the day. So, you know, there are, I'm assuming many more as well that you're about to enlighten <laughs> us with that. You just hit me with that mean curveball. I, <laughs> I think I did a pretty good job of working my way through it. <laughs> you did. So I know for myself, I talk about this all the time. I wake up in the middle of the night. So if you're a person who's constantly waking up in the middle of the night or you're coming to work or school the next day not feeling rested after getting what should be an adequate number of hours of sleep, then that is an indicator that you're getting very poor quality of sleep. Um, Robert. Yes. Can you uh, point out maybe two things that we could do? Uh, suggestions without coughing, please. Excuse me. Um, <laughs> Can I highlight number nine real quick since Bob keeps coughing? <laughs> Stronger yeah. immune system. Yes. When you sleep, you get a nice strong immune system. Brought, <laughs> brought a bottle of water you over You can't here. make him laugh because oh, we're going into cold and flu season. Right. You know, we're in the middle of a pandemic, you know, just <laughs> take a nap. <laughs> um, so what, what could you do if you're a person is like having a hard time getting good quality? What could you do? Are you pointing out the answers in front I of me? I just want to make sure you didn't feel like I was putting you on the spot. No. No math questions for Emily. Um, What's 35 times 15? <laughs> I don't know, Bob. Well, I think the, one of the bullet points in this article talked about avoiding too much sleep. You know, when you feel like you've slept, that's enough. Don't lay around. It gets worse. I thought that was good. And I appreciate that. Getting to bed around the same time. So in Emily's case, 8.59 p.m. every night. Uh, others have that, you know, even in our family, we have ones uh, in the family, uh, Lena and Maya, they go to bed pretty much on the regular at the same time. It's Logan, not so much. He yes. likes to spend uh, the wee hours, but um, spending more time outside. How many of us have said, you know, especially with kids, if you get them outside, 
when they get home, they're zonked. I don't so even know what causes it. It's just, it's gotta be the, you know, everything about the outside, the environment, how it affects our bodies. And that's why it's beneficial to get outside and do some hiking yeah. or walking, right? Reducing stress through exercise is good. And, um, you know, stress is probably something that keeps us all up at night. I'm surprised the article didn't mention anything about mobile devices. I am surprised about that right? too. Because I thought that was going to be on the list because of the way we've adapted our lives. I know yeah. even certain brands of, of devices have certain screen lighting to prevent you from staying out. What is it? Is it blue light or white light? I can't remember. Blue light. It is the blue light that's supposed to affect and, your mind. And they said to like turn all those kind of devices off mm -hmm. like an hour before you want to go to sleep to help settle like your mind and everything. Yeah. I've got, that's a reminder because some people, you know, flipping through social media or playing games and then that's no way to try to get to bed. Yeah, that's no way. That's so, no way at all. A good nope. book is a good way. So is there a summary to this, Emily? Well, just again, that the reason why we picked this particular topic as as simple as it is, it is a vital thing that we get enough sleep in, in order to benefit um, fully with having good health and well-being. Um, and it, sleep is the way that our body repairs itself against any kind of infections or even just like Bob said, our, our, um, what we may be to reset the next day with what we ate and everything. We just, we reset through sleep. Um, it also helps prevent again, against, um, excess waking heart disease and maybe, um, increased illness duration. So sleep is good, my friend. So make sure that you are finding ways to help you get a good quality night's sleep. Emily, that was awesome. Thank you for sharing that. You're awesome. I think we're all going to go home tonight, drink a nice glass of warm milk before bed, <laughs> tuck in early tonight. <laughs> <laughs> no, thank you very much. Uh, definitely, we all can benefit from getting a little bit better sleep, especially if you have a chance to read this article. You'll find some benefits in there that you maybe didn't know about and some things that might motivate you to get some good sleep. So thanks, guys. We'll go ahead and uh, take a quick little break, and we'll jump back in here a minute in a minute with our next segment. Well, thank you. Emily, for a fine discussion on sleep, we are looking forward to getting the needed sleep over the next few nights. Wouldn't you agree, Steve? I am like already excited to grab my pillow and my blankie when I get home. Exactly. So the segue into this next part from sleep is a little bit of a stretch, but we have been discussing in the past things that are healthy to eat and to drink. It'll be the last time we talked about celery water. Celery mm -hmm. juice. Juice. Why'd I say water? Because it's made of water. 97%. <laughs> so Emily gave us that very detailed rundown of celery juice and the benefits of celery juice. But I kind of remember in an article the point about salt and water and lemon. Yep. And there was a particular salt mm -hmm. in that recipe. Yes. You remember? I do. Why are you looking at me like that? Because you're looking at me like that. Uh, <laughs> well, this segment actually requires you possibly, uh, those listening to us, to check us out on YouTube because Steve's going to pick up this next part about pink salt. But Emily has put together a concoction for us to try. So you may want to check that out to see our reactions on YouTube. 
So uh, with that said, Steve, bring the excitement to the table, please. Well, listen, uh, it, it might not be as far of a stretch as you think, because as Emily just pointed out in her last uh, segment on sleep, if you don't get enough sleep, you may find yourself a little salty the next day. See what I did there? See what I did there? No. Anyway, though. No, so we are going to talk a little bit about uh, pink salt, as Robert mentioned. You know, we're going to talk a little bit about, you know, how it applies in a health way to our diets, some of the things that it can provide us. We're going to talk about some of the ways that you can implement that into your uh, routine. Now, Steve, I, what's up? Steve, yes. salt is the essence of life. It is. Okay. I'm so a- stop being so salty. <laughs> so now, as you mentioned, though, essence of life, our bodies need it. It's a requirement. Sodium is an essential thing to our bodies. As long as we have it in the right, you know, amounts, quantities, types, which is why we're going to talk a little bit about the Himalayan salt or pink salt, as it's uh, often known. Now, uh, fun fact, I did not realize that uh, pink salt or Himalayan salt was called that because it is native to the Himalayan foothills in the Punjab region of Pakistan. It's the only places where it naturally occurs. I thought that was pretty interesting. I thought it might have been like a you know how sometimes they name things a certain thing and it's just kind of a name. Mm-hmm. You know, I thought it was pretty interesting that that uh, salt is available only in those parts of the world. It is known for its uh, being rich in iodine. It has a pure taste and it infuses rich and bold salt flavors into uh, the foods and things that you may put it on. So, Emily, because mm-hmm. you did this to me, <laughs> why is it pink? Why is it pink? The pink color is due to the presence of iron oxide. You are correct. So it is uh, it's very eye-catching. In fact, if you look at it, a couple of pictures of it here in, our, uh, in the article that we referenced, it's actually kind of like a pretty looking salt. You know what I mean? You look at it and you can kind of see why, as we'll get into later on down into the article, it's even found its way into certain aspects of home decor and things like that. It kind of has a nice look to it. It is the purest salt on earth the purest that there is. So you can use it in a variety of different ways. You don't uh, merely have to use it as a finishing salt. You know, my dad used to keep the salt shakers on the table. Every time my mom would put the dinner out, he'd go and crank the salt over top of it. He didn't even taste it. It was just a habit. So a lot of people, excuse me, have a habit of adding salt to their dishes. Pink salt can certainly be used as a finishing salt like that. You can also use it in your cooking um, as a supplement to you know, rock salt and things like that. Um, if you guys had an opportunity or maybe even just prior to reading the article, did, did you guys have a chance to kind of look at what maybe makes it considered the purest salt as it relates to the little tiny white granular salt that you may see in your uh, your, your shaker on your table? Well, it, this article talks about, and I really do enjoy this because salt really does have a bad reputation, but mm-hmm. the salt that people use for instance, at a regular table setting, um, it has been, oh my goodness, I just lost it. Bleached. Bleached and stripped of everything that's good for you. Whereas some people might pass by the Himalayan pink salt and be like, I do not need that hoity-toity salt. But this article will help you realize how it's actually going to enhance your food but also add um, health benefits when you do intake it. Yeah, it's uh, 
mentions that the way that it's extracted is that they cut slabs of the salt and they uh, and, and they actually they they take it, they wash it by hand. It's natural and it's not processed and, and put through that same rigorous you know bleaching or extraction process or refining process that uh, typical table salt is put through. And as Emily mentioned, that is why it is called the purest salt on earth. So uh, the article actually dives into a couple, um, you know, ways. Obviously, we all know about certain things you can do with salt, right? You can use it in your recipes. You can put it over your, your ribeye before you throw it on the grill, give it a little extra taste. But I thought that this, uh, this first point in the article about the soul water to flush out toxins mm -hmm. mentions that uh, soul water is the best way to experience like the maximum benefits from uh, pink or Himalayan salt. So it's a uh, water that is fully saturated with this natural salt. And there's some instructions in here. I won't get into all the details, but essentially you're going to dissolve or let this uh, salt dilute into this water to the point that it is thoroughly diluted. And then following the instructions this article brings out, you can mix that daily. It mentions, uh, I'm going to make sure I get this right so I don't kill anybody. Uh, <laughs> mix one teaspoon of the diluted salt water into a regular glass of water and consume it every morning. So it mentions that's a good way to help balance your pH levels, flushes out your toxins, gives you energy, keeps you hydrated at all times, which ties in nicely with uh, some of the other fitness goals that we've been talking about. And there's science that supports all of this as well. Um, second point, blood pressure. Robert, did you, did you happen to read the article, find anything out for us about the blood pressure, hormonal balance? I told you to let Emily cover this part, but it's why I ask you, <laughs> um, again, we're talking about, um, something that's had a bad rap as, uh, Emily had mentioned. Uh, I think earlier in the article, it talked about five grams of salt is something we all can consume. So if we stay within those normal consumptions, we're good. But, um, what's not mentioned in the article is how much between sugar and salt, how much our food is inundated with these two items. And salt is in a lot of junk food, uh, a lot of things that, that we probably shouldn't eat. And because of that, sodium is in a lot of things. Um, some of the favorite uh, quick to eat meals have a lot of salt, but not the good salt. But back to what you're saying is it helps uh, ensure proper flow of fluids in our body, gives us a good balance of the minerals and hormones that we need. And of course, improves insulin sensitivity and prevents sudden blood sugar spikes. So, you know, for those who deal with a lot of those transitions in the body, and in some cases, some have a difficult regulating them. Well, I think it's interesting that salt can be a benefit in these areas, specifically the Himalayan salt. So uh, to your point, mm -hmm. um, has a bad rap, but, you know, if you do enough research, you find that it can even help us in these areas. That's what I thought was pretty cool about this whole article was that sodium is generally regarded as, you know, a no-no. Yeah, People right. wave their finger at it, you know, or they say, oh, there's too much salt in it. And obviously, we want to be mindful of the amount of sodium that we're ingesting, but your body needs a certain amount of it. And the article points out uh, another benefit. It helps to improve your digestion, both uh, when you put food in your mouth, it actually triggers salivary glands to release more saliva, which helps in the digestive process. And then again, in your stomach, the presence of that salt helps to, you know, improve that uh, process as well. Now, Emily, I know that the next subject on here is near and dear to your nose, uh, which is salt therapy for respiratory problems. 
Yeah, so I did find this piece interesting because I, I, one aspect is something I definitely use, but it does talk about how the Himalayan salt is uh, used to treat respiratory diseases, um, salt inhalers, um, salt-rich air, <laughs> things like that. But specifically, I know to be tried and true, especially in my home, and my own mother swears by it because she um, will have to sometimes be in an environment where she ends up at the end of the day coming home and then suffers from a sinus infection for a couple weeks. She's very prone to them. So what she does is every time that she is in an area that is dusty or anything like that, she comes home and she is religious about using a neti pot. And, you know, you can get the saline solutions and everything, but she uses her pink Himalayan salt with warm water and she rinses out her her nose, her navel, nasal cavities. Sorry, did you say she rinses out her belly button? Her Is that what you just said? Her belly button. <laughs> no. <laughs> and it really, like this article says, it it kills bacteria and bonds with the contaminant, contaminants to eliminate them. And she will do this for a few days. And since she started this, she has suffered less uh, sinus infections. And then if she does get one, it doesn't stay as long as it normally does, and it usually clears itself up. So the neti pot, go buy one. Plug. <laughs> yeah, so you guys know I am weird about everything like a neti pot. Anything in the neti pot segment of life, I am instantly, naturally weird on. I had a weird thing with things in my nose. I had to have a COVID test back before I had a procedure a couple months ago. That was a challenge. So I do want to try it, but I feel like I would probably freak out. So in your guys' experience, is it like, is it a jarring sensation when you use a neti pot or a saline when, solution? When I am sick and I feel it in my eyes and, and I'm stuffed up in everything, I look forward to rinsing out my nose with a neti pot. I, do f I really do feel like it cleans it. I, I love it. I've done it even with um, like eye cups if I've gotten an eye infection or I feel like my eyes, I, I love it. It cleans it. It works. Emily just holds salt on any part of her body that needs it. She got a sore elbow, puts her elbow in the salt. Yeah. Don't use Windex. <laughs> use <No>. salt. <laughs> it, it is something to try to uh, get acquainted with because it does have its benefits. I personally had to have it recently because... I'm suffering from a nasal drip and a lot of that has to do with, you know, your sinuses. And so I tried it and it was, you know, one side in my head did fine. The other side, it didn't necessarily cooperate, but I don't knock it. I thought it was a good, a good way of doing it. Um, it was simple, right? I mean, it's simple. Um, but again, you have to make sure that whatever you're putting up into your nasal cavity, that you're clean about it. I've, I've heard others just not heat up the water, not do some of the things necessary. So there is a process to it. Mm -hmm. So be careful when you do uh, attempt this uh, process that it has its benefits, but please uh, read the directions before you stick anything up your nose. Sounds like a good time for Even an RMS. Even your finger. <laughs> Sounds like a good time for an RMS uh, safety disclaimer. If you're considering an Eddie pot, please consult your physician uh, before... Putting hot salt water up your nose. <laughs> no. Uh, but, you know, to your point, though, obviously, <laughs> the presence of this thing in the market and people haven't, having had success with it is just an indicator of the benefits that salt or sodium 
pink salt in particular can have. Uh, we joked about Emily putting her elbow in the, uh, in the salt water. Obviously, uh, taking a salt bath or a bath soak is good for a number of things. It helps to rejuvenate your skin. It can help with acne issues, prevent scars, or helps your skin heal if you're having any you know, issues like that. Um, it even mentions that uh, absorbed Himalayan salt through the skin can help to soothe cramped muscles and soft tissues. Mm -hmm. So if you've done some of the other workouts that we've recommended in previous episodes and you need uh, some relief from your sore muscles, you can hop in the bath. And then I'll tell you this next final point in this section on the uh, the Himalayan salt lamps. I thought these were totally bogus. So did I. I thought they were straight up My fakey. cousin has one and I'm like, okay, hipster. <laughs> <laughs> so I did not realize, and this is just, you know, lack of education, which is why we do this, you know, because I learn things every single week when we're getting ready for these, uh, these podcasts. The Himalayan sea salt lamps, you know, to help purify the air. I really had no idea what their alleged benefit was supposed to be. Sure. I thought that was pretty cool. You know, it says the lamps attract the moisture from the air and due to the warmth on the surface, it evaporates the water quickly and it creates negative ions that react with pollen, dust, dirt, pollutants, and allergens and actually cleans the air. So all those people that I made fun of for having these lamps, I am sorry. <laughs> Maybe we should get one for <laughs> the office. Do you really think they got it for that reason? Well... I'm sure they did if they're listening. Yes, of course. <laughs> Let's get one for the office. Yeah, that's not a bad idea. So. I, 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 okay, sure. <laughs> sure. I mean, I, I have. I mean, again, when you're reading this article, I was looking. I immediately went to the article from the health benefits mm -hmm. as far as uh, digestion and maybe even the bath. I, I've heard of the bath, but the air purification, that was a new one to me as well. Yeah, I used to, I, a couple people in my old office would have like small um, little Himalayan salt lamps on their desks at work. And I would be like, what? Why do you have this little tiny light? Like, what is this doing for you? <laughs> so here, now I know. They might wow. not have known, but now I know. <laughs> so, <laughs> so they that, thought it was cute, but you see the benefits, Steve. So, yeah, I mean, obviously, um, something that we're all a little familiar with at this point, it's not like pink salt is arriving on the scene yesterday. Right. We've probably all seen it, but I thought it was important to kind of point out some of the advantages of it, the things that make it uh, nice and why it is considered, as Emily and the article pointed out, the purest salt on earth. Brilliant. Now, Emily, you prepared something special today. Yeah, yeah so this goes back to... As Robert said, the celery juice discussion and how, you know, point of taking celery juice in is to kind of get your body um, hydrated. And so the article that this particular blog um, blogger discussed was another option of celery juice is just taking some water, lemon juice and Himalayan pink salt, and you can get your hydration and electrolytes through that. So I made everyone a little cup of lemon juice, water, and pink Himalayan salt. Shall we? Let's drink to that. Uh, you know what? Let's <laughs> drink to that. No. So you know what? I, when we read this, I was excited to give it a try. And, and now uh, you're not. Definitely more so than <laughs> celery juice. <laughs> so uh, here we go. So is the lemon what's giving you the color? And the salt. The salt? Okay. Can you see the slight pink? It's think of it as like strawberry lemonade, if you will. Strawberry lemonade, that's not gonna taste like lemonade. <laughs> <laughs> that you had to finish it. You know what guys? What? I'm finishing my cup. Mm-hmm. 
That's four ounces of Finish your cup. Get hydrated. That's for, I dare you. Your face looks no like way. you're gonna <laughs> <laughs> I think I would have preferred it without the lemon. I knew you were gonna say that. Yes. I thought you were gonna say without the salt. That's no. what I thought I you love, was gonna I say. I love lemon water. <laughs> so yeah, have you Is guys that why your face looks like that? It's, it's just it's salt and the lemon. Guys, no. this is why podcasts are great. You guys can't see that my eyebrows are touching my hairline right now <laughs> from the sauce. Yeah. Woo! She's done this to me in the past. Emily's going for more. No, no. She's shaking salt into her cup as we speak. She's a saltaholic, guys. No. I'm going to finish my cup. You guys, get ahead. You can have mine. <laughs> wow. Let me see who the healthy one is here, guys. No. And you guys. This isn't even that bad. No. Yeah. Minus the lemon, I'd be fine. Let me tell you guys, Emily didn't give me a small little taster either. This is a whole... I know. It's like, I got a whole Dixie party cup here full of, <laughs> full of salt water. But you know what, though? I don't it know was what, good. I, I don't know what I feel, but I'm glad I did it. <laughs> I feel like a champ. No, so uh, if, if there... You know what? I will say this. The fact that there are legitimate benefits to consuming sodium and in that combination of things, the taste of it, if I'm being honest, it's not, you're not going to drink it and be like, oh yeah, I'm sure glad I'm having no. one of these this morning. But you I really, to that. you really could tip this back, chug it down in two or three big mouthfuls and call it a day. You know what I mean? Let's say this. If you can, if you're a person that even drinks uh, apple cider vinegar, organic, you know, with the mother and everything and you mm -hmm. drink that. Okay, that means it's unfiltered. That, we've been down that road I know. before. If you can stomach that, I feel like you can absolutely stomach this. Times three. Now that apple cider vinegar. Burns like nobody's business. But that's supposed to be good for acid reflux. You know that. I right? know. They, they just call it apple cider vinegar to make you think it's going to taste better than it really is. <laughs> and I like can't. <laughs> yeah, it's, it. it's tough. I had some the other day. It's yeah. tough. I know but that's I, tougher. I know guys who do a shot glass every day though in the morning. They wake up, pour a shot glass of the apple cider. I vinegar. could do this instead. So can I. No. If it has the same benefit. I would do the apple cider. <laughs> Emily, that was awesome. Thank you so much. Hey, yeah. You're welcome. My Whipping pleasure. that up for us there. And uh, now I need some regular water. No, I'm <laughs> <laughs> Let's just say you feel like you are just swimming in the ocean. Yeah, yeah. I like it. And it wasn't as bad. So that's all I had, Emily. So Emily's gonna post her recipe. For us on her Instagram for her lemon water mixture. Perfect. Let's get the ratios right. Yeah. And then uh, give it a try. Let us know what you think. Excellent. All right. We can do that. All right. Well, Steve, I thought you handled that article very well. Thank you for covering all those points. And it really does shed some light on what the hype is about pink Himalayan salt. It's not just a trend. It's a way of life. Yes. So we're going to finish our segment with that. Yes, that's it. So we covered quite a bit today. We covered fall fitness. Thank you, Steve. We covered sleep. Thank you, Emily. Oh, hold up. Wait. I just... Fun, fun fact. fact. I almost missed trivia. Like, oh, you my. You guys are over here looking at my oh cheat sheet. My. So for you guys uh, that weren't here last week, we've done one episode of trivia. They both got the question right. Right. If right. it happens this week, I'm we canceling did. trivia. Uh, so <laughs> in keeping with the fall fitness theme, please. World's heaviest pumpkin. The heaviest pumpkin ever grown. I got three possible answers for you all. Is it half Thor? <laughs> it's a uh, whole pump. No, just kidding. No, so, uh, world's heaviest pumpkin. Was this pumpkin weighed in at 2,575 pounds, 2,625 pounds, 
or 2,850 pounds? B. That's a big pumpkin. That's a big pumpkin. <laughs> That's the name of this segment. <laughs> so I'm going to go with the largest number, the 28. Okay, guys, so a trivia will be coming back. Emily, you were correct. 2,625 pounds. So Emily has a one-point lead in the trivia. We're going to keep this going, let you guys know who's winning. Fun fact, on top of the fun fact, the heaviest pumpkin pie ever baked, 3,699-pound pie. Whoa. So Why? I don't know. Yeah, that makes no not sense. Sure. I had a few more pumpkin facts, but they're not really all that cool, so we're going to just uh, wrap it up there. So I'm sorry. I just almost missed trivia, though, so I had to bring it back up and make sure we didn't uh, Well, he brought up trivia that has something to do with another segment mm -hmm. that may take place in the near future. Yes. Right? We discussed that, so we'll come back to that. Uh, so, again, thanks for the fall fitness, the sleep reminders, and the pink salt benefits. We thank you for listening. We look forward to catching up with you guys again if you'd like to Follow us. We would greatly appreciate it on our Facebook, our Twitter, as, we, as well as our Instagram. Not to mention, if you have anything you want to share or add to our podcast, please feel free to email us at podcast at rmsfitness.com. This has been a segment of Everyone Needs a Spotter. Thank you, Steve. Thank you. Thank you, Emily. Thank you. And this is Robert signing off. Stay healthy and safe, people. See ya. Peace.